Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics they talk? We listen. My guest today has a reputation for turning airline businesses from struggling entities to a profitable operation. He spent over 30 years in the aviation and tourism business and as the CEO of a number of international airlines. He will bring his expertise, plentiful experience and knowledge into the conversation in this, the continuation of the hospitality series on Heads Talk. But before we get into that, here's a message from our sponsors. PrivCap Resources Group is a fast-growing Canadian-based private capital leaders platform, facilitating access to investment insights, resources and capital for its members. It runs senior level forums on private equity, venture capital and real estate under the brand name The Club Series in North America and the Euros Forum in Europe. Go Real 2021, its up and coming private equity real estate forum, will be held online this spring. For details, please visit us at www.clubseries.org. Heads Talk Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle Schwitter. Stefan Pickler is a global airline and tourism chief executive. Most recently, he was the president and CEO of Royal Jordanian, where he retired from his role in October 2020. Previously, Stefan was the managing director and CEO of Air Berlin, managing director and CEO of Fiji Airways, CEO of Jazeera Airways, chairman and CEO of Thomas Cook AG, chairman of Fiji Tourism, and the chairman of the Federal Association of the German Tourism Industry. Additionally, he has held senior and executive roles as a Chief Commercial Officer at Virgin Australia and at Lufthansa. In November 2014, as the CEO of Air Berlin and after signing the restructuring deal to Lufthansa and the UAE's national carrier, Etihad, Stefan left to lead Royal Jordanian Airlines. He then developed a turnaround plan for Royal Jordanian, which helped to return it to profitability by the end of the financial year 2017. Through Stefan's leadership and management, Royal Jordanian posted a sharp increase in the operating results and net income in 2018 and 2019. This is just an example of how Stefan developed a reputation for a strategic turnaround of airline businesses. Let's hear more from the man himself. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Stefan to Headstalk. Delighted to have you here today. Well, thanks for having me. Um, as stated in the introduction, you are known as a leader that can turn around struggling, if not failing airlines, and bring them back to profitability. Unprecedented doesn't even begin to define the situation airlines across the globe find themselves in today. Let's, for this episode, not concentrate on the initial shock and reactions to the pandemic, but more what do we do now? So that's why your knowledge and know-how is invaluable today. Let's begin with your reputation as someone that turns things around swiftly. For my first question, broadly, if you may, what is your strategic advice to airline companies and operators to begin to recover from this pandemic? Yeah, thank you. That's an interesting question. Basically, we're starting from ground zero. A lot of uh, airlines have been forced to cut back the operations to zero or cut back the operations to a very limited uh, range of, of, of destinations. And now as uh, the pandemic will, will somehow phase out and we will be able to, to, to overcome this uh, crisis, uh, every start, everybody starts from scratch, which means you will have to regain market share, you have to regain customer trust, you have to 
uh, regain profitability. So uh, on this way, which will be a little bit of a trial and error way, because sometimes there were new travel restrictions, then travel restrictions are li lifted, then you have this kind of travel bubbles, et cetera, et cetera. So, so in this very volatile environment, mm -hmm. I think uh, the key objective of airlines is basically rebuilding the network. And mm. rebuilding the network is not only flights between A and B, but uh, connecting flights via their hubs. And the ability to rebuild the network will define the future competitive position, will define the future market share, will define therefore the future profitability. So mm. the core number one objective has rebuild your network, uh, be flexible with it, mm -hmm. and uh, as a consecutive task, of course, you have to adapt your fleet structure and fleet mix, which means uh, uh, you have to have the right mix of uh, narrow body aircraft and wide body aircraft. Mm -hmm. And you see right now that in the current environment, only very few wide body aircraft, A380s, et cetera, are used because the markets are just not big enough. So, so you have to have the right uh, fleet mix and the right fleet structure in order to be able to rebuild your network. Because you can't fly between, uh, let's say, Dubai and Amman in an A380 aircraft because the demand is just not there. You will have 50, 80, 100 passengers you know, won't be able, will be hardly to able, able to recover your variable cost. And the uh, last thing uh, is an ongoing task, which people are already into, is regain a stable financial footing. Mm -hmm. Because most of the airlines have been propped up by government money, by loans, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes, so now yeah. to try to get, uh, again, you try to regain control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Uh, so these three objectives, first, rebuild your network. Second, adapt your fleet structure and mix. And mm -hmm. third, uh, work in your a stable financial footing are the key three, mm -hmm. uh, if you ask me, objectives and strategies moving ahead. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that is applicable, not just in the, the Middle Eastern region, it's across the no, world. No. It's, across it's, a, it's across everywhere. It's across yes. everywhere. That's a, that's, that's a task for all the global airlines. Yes. Okay. And I'd just like to, um, to, to let my listeners know that you are on the um, BAA advisory board, um, presumably created as a result of the pandemic to provide strategic management advice that will help airlines in the, the Middle East recover. So your answer here is across the board, though you are working in, in that space. Let's look at um, what a lot of the, the industry leaders have discussed on Heads Talk um, as a result of the pandemic, um, or even prior to the, the, the outbreak, merger and acquisitions. Let's look at the market in the aviation industry. Is the merger and acquisitions market buoyant in this pandemic? Are you seeing a lot of action in this space? And importantly, is this something that needs to be considered post the pandemic, i.e. consolidation, you know, to gain strength and resilience for, for instance? Well, um, during the pandemic, there was no merger and acquisitions uh, because everybody tried to start to survive, the big ones and the small ones. And mm -hmm. uh, as a manager, uh, as an owner of a business, why uh, should I buy another airline if uh, its capacity might not be needed in the market because the market is much uh, uh, much smaller for the time being, the market will be much smaller until uh, 2024. So why buy a market share if it's not needed? And uh, why buy a market share if I can grow on my own? 
uh, and growing on your own is always less risky than taking over another company. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so right now, uh, there was no merger. There was no major acquisitions uh, happening in the last one and a half years. Um, now down the track, I don't think anything will happen the next six to 12 months because everybody tries to, to, to uh, pick out of his own hole. Uh, mm -hmm. But of course, in general, uh, as we have seen before the pandemic, consolidation will happen. Consolidation, mm -hmm. as you see in Europe, whether the top three or four have, uh, I think, 85 or 86% market share. We have the same kind of issue. Uh, in the West, you don't have it as much in, in Asia because the, the airlines and the markets are not as mature, but mm -hmm. consolidation in general will happen. The bigger guys will swallow the, the smaller guys. Uh, and this will, of course, be reinforced a little bit because uh, a lot of the smaller guys will, uh, are pump, uh, uh, rely on government aid. Yeah. We still have right now, I think two or three cases in Europe, a top Air Malta, etc., who try to get uh, the EU approval of government help, which means they are not sustainable as business on their own. And of course, surrounding these smaller players, there will be always uh, people circling around and maybe take them over or maybe just kick them out of the market by adding capacity. So uh, that's one thing which will continue. On the other hand, and that's quite interesting because it might be a little bit new in this environment, uh, I think that consolidation will not only happen on the vertical, uh, on the uh, horizontal level, which means between airlines, but will also happen on the vertical level on suppliers, upstream, yes, downstream. Yeah, so, you, so what you'll have, well, you certainly have, you'll have a consolidation in, for example, leasing companies, you have consolidation maintenance companies, mm -hmm. you have consolidation mm -hmm. catering, et cetera, yes. but you also have a consolidation downstream with travel agencies, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. consolidation across the whole value chain will probably be the game of the future. And let's not forget one thing, uh, with IT and artificial intelligence, integration uh, can be done in a much more efficient and smarter way. So uh, it would be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, you know, I briefly introduced resilience in, in the previous question. Let's analyze this in the airline industry. Sort of what business um, model changes are required to ensure or bring resilience to the industry? I mean, based on what yeah. you've said, it looks like they're still in survival mode. They're still yeah. in recovery mode. Airlines and carriers are not known for their resilience or having a, in quotes, healthy liquid balance sheet. What do they now need to change to amend this perception and reality? And finally, does this differ depending on location, continent, or even culture? I think, I think there's one independent culture, one big ticket item mm -hmm. uh, in terms of future strategy and future survival. Uh, this is a secure and an efficient digital integration, mm -hmm. which means integration of the IT system and the infrastructure. Uh, and if you are able to do that, you will uh, reduce your operating costs significantly, mm -hmm. uh, efficiency and, uh, and the enhanced efficiency and add also flexibility to the business model. Yeah, it's data input and output, it's ability to, to, to manage huge data and to, to interpretate them and use them in a smart way. Okay. So uh, it, it starts from, it starts very easy, what we have right now already to a certain degree is um, 
uh, analyzing mass data to enhance customer service and experience and customer value propositions, mm -hmm. um, which means uh, in the future, people will be able to get a very tailor-made offer because okay. uh, data, uh, which is far beyond the kind of direct marketing we have right now in most of the cases. And this moves on to integrating aircraft management, aircraft maintenance, passenger services, and of course, a kind of seamless integration of operations. Right now in the airline environment, you have all kinds of different systems. Uh, and in a lot of cases, they are somehow bridged to work together, whatever, but they're not really integrated. They mm -hmm. most of the cases are even talk to each other. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So all this can be achieved through virtualization and to uh, integration, digital integration. Yeah. Yes. And this is, I think, the key driver for this industry. Uh, and not only for this industry, for other industries as well, but uh, because of the heavy asset structure and the, and the heavy risk and the low margins in our industry, I, I think there is a, it's an absolute must uh, that, that uh, the guys, uh, everybody is trying to tackle that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of course, it is a little bit more, 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 more easy if you look mm -hmm. at the big guys, like Yellow or American Airlines or Lufthansa or whatever, or British Airways or AIG. Uh, and then you look at the smaller guys because they might not have the knowledge, they might not have the means, uh, they might not have the pressure because government props them up, whatever. But in general, where this industry will evolve and make the next big step forward is not new aircraft or new routes or whatever, whatever. It is digital integration. Uh -huh. Okay, we're, we're going to talk about that later on in the, the, the episode. Right, okay, let's move on. Still with the pandemic and what to do next, um, is it possible for airlines to plan for this in the future, to mitigate against this? Or um, as we talked about, they perhaps need to probably create strategic alliances um, to share the risk. And is there a sense that for, for the commercial airlines, governments can always be relied on to intervene? You know, the governments will save us. What, what, what say you, Steph? Mm, yeah. Uh, well, airlines cannot mitigate against that risk, uh, but airlines can become more flexible uh, to manage this risk. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. this, this somehow comes back to my former answer, which means if you are uh, integrated to a high degree, which means you, you can have integrated your systems, then you can manage your assets, which means aircraft, people, and your customers in a much more efficient way. So I, I think flexibility in general helps all airlines uh, to survive. And you always, you see, you have seen that before. I mean, we had airline crisis, mm -hmm. we had different airline crisis in the last whatever, 50 years and so. And the, the people were, the guys who were most flexible survived and came out stronger on the other hand, the guys who were not as flexible because whatever, their workforce was high, heavily unionized and other stuff. Uh, they struggled a little bit more. They burned more money in some of them. Mm -hmm. That's funny. In terms of alliances to share the risk, well, um, I, 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 I think if you add value there uh, for the future, that it might not be again on the on the on the horizontal level, which means alliance between the airlines. I mean, there are alliances. There are the Star One World uh, Sky Team, etc. So the world has been somehow 
consolidated in terms of alliances. Uh, but um, I, I think they don't provide any added value anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have coaches between the guys, maybe joint ventures, whatever. But outside the alliance, you also have coaches and joint ventures. So, so the airlines have somehow more or less optimized the market full stop and the, and the passenger journey, etc. So now, of course, there will always movements, but, but in general, that's more or less a set up platform and set up state of the, of the industry. But I think uh, what we, you will have in terms of alliances, and this also comes back to a formal argument, we'll have, have, have more vertical alliances uh, because, so as I say, maintenance, catering, aircraft, uh, leasing, yeah, yes, et cetera, yeah. down the track, because, because uh, the margins are very low. So if you work together yes. in the value chain, you might be better able to enhance the margin, increase flexibility, uh, and increase efficiency of the whole process. So I don't think there's any government role in that. That can be done by the industry uh, per se. Well, it's a completely different discussion. If a government says we want a national carrier because of GDP and jobs and whatever, whatever, so we keep it alive. So in, in order to protect 4,000 jobs, I put 50 million bucks a year. That's a different scenario. That's not about running a business. That's a macroeconomical um, or macropolitical scenario, which has nothing to do with running an airline. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay. Um, now let's look at opportunities. I'm, I'm sort of wary that you, you've talked about they're still in survival mode, they're still in recovery mode, nobody's looking for growth, but I've got to ask this question anyway. So it's the next couple of questions, we're looking at opportunities. The first one, this is for non-governmental owned airlines. Is this the wrong or right time for them to be thinking about growth and scaling? If so, please elaborate. Yeah, well, why do you think about scale and growth? To a certain extent, you think about scale and growth because you want to um, lower your risk, yeah. uh, which means, for example, dependence on a market, and you want to lower your unit cost scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's basically the driver. The driver is for any sound manager, it's not world dominance, it's these kind of things. Avoid <laughs> revenue risk and, uh, and, dec- and enhance cost efficiency. Yeah. And that's why you do, that's why you grow. So uh, if I if I don't forget about growth as an instrument and say what we want, we want to uh, decrease revenue risk and enhance cost efficiency, then uh, then what people should think about is integration, as I said before, enhancing mm-hmm. efficiency and effectiveness. And if you do that, you lower your unit cost base. And if your unit cost base is lower than your competitor's unit cost base, you can grow. Because this car, this industry is a highly asset-driven industry with very low margins. So the the guy with the best best cost position wins. Guy with the best unit cost position wins. So what you have to do is get to a competitive unit cost position. Full stop. And once you got there, you have everything ahead of you. So the opportunity or the the, the target now has not to be grow. Uh, the target has to be enhance your competitive position. All right. That's, now, in terms of growth, if I come to, uh, 
this back to this question, we will have we will have a very interesting environment in the next years globally because you will have a huge growth in international and domestic travel in most of the Asian countries. Mm -hmm. So there's still things, to, lots of lots of people to, to come and travel. Mm -hmm. And uh, you will have, uh, so that's a growth market. I also think in the Middle East or Africa will be growth markets. Um, now in Europe, you have discussion which is a little bit different if you look at flight shaming uh, and if you look at, at the public, public discussion, some of the countries that they want to substitute short uh, haul flights with train and whatever. So, so the dynamics in these mature and saturated markets will be different. So, so uh, uh, and, and of course, very different to the market growth you see, see in Asia. So the momentum of growth uh, and the growth areas on a global scale uh, will significantly change. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, that's probably almost another topic in itself, an episode yeah. in itself to exactly. talk about that one. Okay, C continuing with opportunities, uh, and let's concentrate on the UAE region um, for this one. You briefly mentioned them. Um, is this pandemic, though disastrous to the airline industry, an opportunity, however small, to implement some of the needed changes that were put on hold but now there's a chance mm. to implement such changes. If yes, what are they? Well, every airline here in the Middle East has uh, its own problems uh, uh, in terms of fleet mix, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the markets are very, very different. And if you look at Dubai as, as, a, as a holiday market, more was a good point-to-point -point market, uh, better point-to-point -point market than other destinations. Uh, so I, I don't want I don't. I don't want to, I'm not in a position to teach anybody how to sub X, but if you look from a helicopter perspective, I think a big opportunity uh, is uh, a better coordination and a joint strategy between low cost airlines and network carriers in this region, this part of the world. Mm. Because uh, a lot of this happens completely independently. And if you can use that together, have one network, part of it is operated by low-cost airline, part of it is operated by, by, by so-called legacy airline, then you maximize opportunities, you maximize connectivity, uh, you have a consistent, uh, you, yeah, you, you can communicate a customer service and you will be more competitive. So um, I think the tools are all there, mm -hmm. but they are not used in a very effective and efficient way for the time being. Mm. Now, I think, especially in this building up phase, that airline comes out of the recession or of this pandemic, uh, it's a very good opportunity now also to, to enhance efficiency and, and then basically uh, reduce unit cost and grow. Uh, if you do that, if, and by combining uh, low cost airline capacity and networks with uh, legacy airline capacity networks. So, so to, to have a blunt example, uh, uh, now it's pretty, pretty smart, much smarter to fly a 737 between Kuwait and, and Dubai than an A380. Uh, so you choose the operator who flies the 737 and not the operator who flies the A380. And uh, to put it in blunt and simple terms. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if the guys accountable for the airlines in the Middle East move there, uh, and this this is basically everywhere in the Middle East. Uh, then huge progress can be made. 
And don't forget that some of the markets, like for example, Saudi uh, is a huge market with a lot of people who want to travel, with a lot of people, the, the, the demand enhances uh, there. So there are lots of opportunities here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, that's good, that's comprehensive. Okay, and, and now a topic that is regularly discussed in, in business, and in particular, the aviation industry, probably now more so than, than ever. Um, the pandemic allowed many individuals, myself included, and organizations to rethink their carbon mm. footprint. Um, many of the experts and leaders in this space say that business travel will get back to some form of norm in a few years' time. We, we hear, I don't know, 24, 24, that sort of thing. I'm sure you have your own uh, um, views on that. How optimistic mm. are you about this? Bearing in mind the current uh, and not so, and not going away anytime soon, drive for sustainable options, you know, responsibly doing our bit for climate change and demonstrating how you've achieved carbon neutral goals. How optimistic are you, Stefan? Yeah, oh, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think, first of all, we all agree that uh, in terms of recovery from the current situation, you have uh, most probably visiting friends and relatives as a segment which recovers first, mm -hmm. uh, and then followed by tourism. Mm -hmm. uh, so both, mm -hmm. will be, both will be pretty much immediately on when restrictions are lifted. And you see that also in terms of bookings, if you see the forward booking curves of some of the airlines mm -hmm. uh, for mm -hmm. the summer in Europe for tourism destinations, <laughs> it's back to nearly 2019 levels mm -hmm. because people want to visit their family, visit their friends and go for holidays. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, business, as, as you just alluded to, is a different kind of beast. Uh, but if we look at that, my, my view is, is, is there maybe not mainstream. Um, since I've been in this business more than 30 years, uh, back in 1980s, whatever, we always had this kind of argument uh, that video conferences and phone calls and conference calls, they substitute travel. Um, it never happened. What happened is that through video conferences, through conference calls, travel increased. Because what you try to do is, as a company, you, you try to, to enhance your reach in terms of markets, reach because of uh, customers, your reach in terms of business partners, suppliers, etc. which means uh, you, you, you create more business opportunities. And, and this cannot be only done uh, via Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever. It will also drive business travel. So I think that... I, I think that the world will continue to grow globally and to grow globally together. And globalization, global integration will result also in more business travel. All right, so you are optimistic then. You, you think it will get back to eventually. It will, yeah, well, it will, and even it will, more so. In, in general, it will go more, it will get more. It will. All right. Okay, yeah, yeah. you heard it here first, listeners. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, Stefan, you are a forward thinker. You are commercially savvy. You don't shy away from making complex changes. You, as mentioned, have turned around airlines into a profitable entity. So there is clearly deep analysis and sort of strategic planning in the way you deliver. For my final question in this episode of Heads Talk, I'd like to ask, beyond the COVID crisis, what do you think will be the trends that will shape airlines, airline companies, and the industry as a whole? How will the industry evolve? 
Well, we, we mentioned a couple of headline yes. points already in this discussion. The first is consolidation. Mm -hmm. It's consolidation uh, more or less along the value chain, vertical integration, vertical, vertical integration, consolidation. That's it. The second is what everybody needs to do as a homework is virtual integration of all the systems and functions within airlines and suppliers. Mm -hmm. And this will, in the end, add flexibility to the system, business systems, to be able to scope with future crisis, which we will have, we will uh, to reduce uh, unit costs uh, in best of the cases. And it will also lead to more targeted customer interaction, like more targeted customer communication and more targeted customer service. So in the end, this big data integration and integration of systems uh, and to get combined with artificial intelligence mm -hmm. will make airlines much more efficient, much more customer focused, uh, and much more flexible. And that's, I think, that's a real future. The future is not who grows with whom and who eats whom and whatever. That's mm -hmm. a real future. Mm -hmm. Not only the future of the airline industry, you will see what you see now in the world, you have this uh, buzzword of disruptors. So, yeah in the banking sector, in everywhere. And if you look at these, uh, a lot of, some of these startup companies and whatever, you see basically what they sell is integration and what they, where the added value they create is integration. And the integration is a, is a key driver for the airlines. Uh, now, as you said rightly, uh, some will struggle mm -hmm. because they're probably a little bit more old-fashioned or, 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 or too slow to pick tankers or sometimes a little bit slow to move, mm -hmm. but everybody will get there or the, the key guys, the key players will get there. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, I, I know it doesn't sound very spectacular, uh, but, but it will be spectacular in terms of cost position uh, and, and in reality then it should translate into ticket prices, make uh, traveling affordable, traveling by air affordable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, from a consumer point of uh, view, uh, the future is bright because airlines become more efficient and will offer better services and uh, more flexibility. Okay, uh, well, let's let's just stick with the the, the consumer point of view, and you, you mentioned yeah. it's more customer focus. Does this tie? I'm assuming this ties in with the concept of individualization of service. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk to my listeners about this individualization of service that I sort of hear? Yeah, the individualization of service, uh, I, I think the key point is there, um, not uh, what's offered on board or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, you have a different meal or different whatever, whatever. No, I, th I think the key driver there is more or less the whole journey from when you leave home until you and arrive at your destination. Yes. So, so I think in terms of uh, uh, airport transfer, check-in, security controls, uh, shopping, etc., 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 all this will be changed, changing dramatically, changing dramatically. And mm -hmm. so, I, I envisage in the future, in ten years, if you book a ticket, uh, somebody picks you up from home, gets you to the airport, does everything for you. You have an app where it says. You want to shop fine, go there, or it's have been pre-shopped. And you basically, the interesting thing is there won't be any, a lot of humans involved because all this can be automized. Mm -hmm. So you have, you have still humans there for troubleshooting, 
but this kind of processes in the airline industry have a high potential for automation. Mm. So, yeah. so, 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 which, which is, which is somehow an interesting point because you might say it goes against individualization of service, but it doesn't really. You just get what you want and don't get what you don't want. It's individualization of service. Indeed, indeed. That, that's fascinating. And that's yet another topic that could be another yeah. separate episode. Um, Stefan Pickler, many thanks for your time and insights. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executive decision makers and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.